All right, welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. We got Lucas or uh, on his Instagram, it's foil only. And uh, basically, Lucas caught my attention, I think back in 2021, so about two years ago, um, because a friend of mine tagged you saying, check this guy out, he's foiling with a bungee cable in a river. And and a lot of people um, you know, were pretty impressed by it. It was definitely a, a unique way to foil. And he sort of, I guess, invented this sort of river bungee foiling technique, which I think... I think it's going to get bigger because there's so many places with rivers and sort of landlocked that they can't do it. But um, uh, basically, Lucas has learned to downwind foil and um, I, I wanted to get him on to uh, kind of pick his brain on how he learned the, the process that he went through, which I think is a bit different, and then the sort of conditions he's looking at to downwind foil at home now. So thanks for coming on, Lucas. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's been cool to follow your journey and... Um, I guess I was lucky enough to sort of have, I guess, be able to help you sort of learn the downwind foil part of things. Um, you picked it up super quick. So I think you had a pretty good base. But um, why don't you give us a bit of a, uh, you know, bit of an insight into to who you are and, and how you got into foiling and, uh, you know, leading into the, the bungee stuff and all that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. So it started all in the river. That's true. All with the bungee. And before, I've never been with the surfboard in the water. So not really. Maybe we did some windsurfing stuff, but very, very basic. One course or something. And then I moved uh, next to my river. I bought a house. And I was looking at the river and thinking about, okay, how cool would it be to be able to do something in there? Not just stand up paddling or something. You know, kind of water sport. And then I saw on Instagram, I saw guys doing it with a normal surfboard from Switzerland. So they have a very long bungee rope and they, um, they, they use a normal surfboard. They put it across the current, go uh, and stretch the bungee. And then they put the nose into, into the current and then they just uh, pulled themselves up. So um, that's what I tried first. But then I realized it's not working every day. You have to have a very strong water flow. Um, and it's not, not the average water flow. And also, it's kind of stressful for the bag and for everything. And it's just a few seconds. You, you got pulled so quick. And then you have to do it again. And then there was a guy, a friend of me, who was into the kite foiling. And I saw that also on Instagram because I mean, every, every new sport you see on Instagram, I was thinking, man, this looks so efficient. Maybe this could be way better in the, in the river. So yeah. And then we tried it with uh, his gear. <laughs> it didn't work at all. It was the small was way too, the foil was way too small. The board was way too small. So it was like, it, it, it actually didn't work. So, um, and after it, but I was, it was in my head all the time. And, I, and then I decided to buy a big, big, the biggest board I can, I could get a big wingfoil board just to be comfortable to stand up on it in, on the, on the river, in the river. And, um, yeah, I bought a big gong foil, very big. I, I don't know, two, 2,500, uh, centimeters. Yeah. And that's uh, how I learned foiling. I went, uh, in the river, in the current, and then I, I, it pulled me out on up on foil and I fall in like you, you do behind the boat boat. And then um, time after time, I get comfortable. and I, I realized, okay, wait, when I do a turn, I can load uh, again, uh, some, some kind of energy to the rope and maybe I can do the next turn. And then it was turn by turn. 
Um, and then I was, wow, I can do it for like endless. You know, you don't have to stop and to go back again for uh, extend the rope. You just keep going turn by turn. And it was uh, really good because then I could do it every day. And it's like, I'm walking out of my door, go to the river, can do a session for like, I, I will be in the water in, in five minutes and I could do a session for an hour uh, and walk back. And then I have a good, good training session, just time on foil, you know, oh, sure. um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's the story. That's awesome. I, I think f for me, um, just then when you were going through it, I think that the, I love that you didn't get it straight away and that you sort of refined it. And, and the biggest thing for me was, I guess, a lot of people ask me and I'm sure they ask you as well is about equipment and, and the biggest board you can get and the biggest fall you can get. That's the thing that people have to, um, have to do when you're learning something new. I get so many questions about people wanting, now I'm looking at downwind falling. What should I get? I've got um, I've got a lift 150, and I've got the new, you know, seven foot Amos or seven foot Sonova or you know KT board. What do you recommend? And the advice I always give people is just go bigger because it's going to make yeah, your life for sure. so much easier. Because and uh, there is no shortcut. There's no shortcut. I I have a friend who's like, okay, I. I buy the small board and I just have to buy it once, you know, not buy two boards. And he's trying to like just uh, overstep the big board stuff, but it's not working. So you have to struggle a lot when you, when you go right from the beginning to the, I call it the advanced equipment, you know, mm. when you, when you choose smaller foils and smaller boards right from the beginning, it's just so much harder to learn. Yeah. Um, so I, I really recommend uh, buying. There, there is a market for for the pro stuff, and there is a market for the for the um, entry level, you know. Yeah. And so I really recommend big boards, big foils. Um, then you have time on foil and not time struggling to get up on foil, you know. Yeah. You you yeah you fast forward your learning curve. You know, you, if you're up on foil, you're learning, and like like you found once you're up, you found you could turn side to side, and then you you, you improved your skill set in a quicker amount of time because you're up on foil for longer. And that's, that's huge. Um, the other thing I took note of was, um, and I guess what I've seen from your socials is that uh, you're still riding pretty big foils in that river. Like you, you haven't, everyone's obsessed with trying to go smaller and smaller and smaller so they can get faster mm -hmm. and faster. But it seems like to me, you're like this anomaly that people that you've figured out, okay, this foil works well if I can tweak it by changing the fuse or the tail, then I can then turn harder in the same conditions. And if I go too small, a big, you know, front foil, then it's no longer fun. <laughs> and that, you know, yeah. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. So what I'm using, basically it's the uh, PNG um, 3010. And that's my go-to foil for everything because it's, I love it. It's efficient. It's big. It's, uh, it's good in pump. Um, and when there is more water in the river, I used the uh, um, ART Pro 1201, which is about, I think, 1300 centimeters, um, square inch, oh, no, square centimeters, yeah. Um, and yeah, but but I'm coming from big foils, you know, I'm not looking for the, and sometimes if I switch to a smaller file, which everything, everyone is talking about, whoa, it's so surfy, it's so turn, turny. I don't like it because I don't have that rail-to-rail -rail stability. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also love the wide band for uh, tip reaching, and you can you can spray with it, and it's so much fun. I think it's just a different kind of foiling, you know. 
but also in the river it's very easy to turn because you have that uh, that that handle and that point where you can turn your body around so um, it's incredible how good you can turn like a, a, a very high aspect large foil um, mm -hmm. you can't compare with uh, with surfing yeah it's just different tell us um what about a bit of your background i had a look and you had you, you got a you got a two children by the looks of things and and yeah. give and your wife and you're getting them into foiling through your little electric boat as well which is so cool you know it's sort of looks like low horsepower but with the foil it's the perfect um you know combination yeah i can i can go in the i think fourth fifth wake so it's it's way enough to to wake surf with a big foil it's incredible yeah. And here on our lakes, it's, there's a um, restriction on uh, gas boats. So we are only allowed to use electric boats. And uh, yeah, there's no wake surfing behind electric boats. So foil is a good uh, good way to go out in, on the lake. Uh, and I also use it for, for training, for, for training people to get uh, into the foiling. Awesome. Love that you're giving back too. That's all. Yeah, so good. Um, and I, have you gotten your kids out? foiling behind the boat yet or anything like that or the two yeah. young yeah the, the the oldest one is three and a half a bit young so yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't want to pull him uh, to put him in out in the in the in the middle of the of the uh, lake but what we do is we have a, he's he's trying to dock start you know but without oh, the foil awesome. yeah we just put a board on the um on the on the uh, on the surface and then he's running running on the on the dock jumping on it and uh trying to lift it you know <laughs> just falling in. but it's fun and it's a good i think next 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 year i i, I want to put a very uh short mast under it i'm i'm already thinking about how to train uh my kids in a very very safe way so i'm thinking about just a you know 20 centimeter mast or something yeah. then a small foil um and maybe just pull him because he's so lightweight just pull him by a rope have you ever tried something like this to pull pull him pull him out not not behind the boat by just by yeah. hand no i've done that with um I, I teach in the in a lake at home and uh i was using we we're trying to paddle up and we just need to i need to try and teach this guy to sort of pump up and he just needed a bit uh -huh. more speed he couldn't paddle fast enough so i got a few tie downs out of the back of my car tied like four together and just ran along this sandbank with with a big yep. 13 10 and I got him up and foiling. It was it was a pretty yeah. This is a nice. this is a full grown man. So you'll be able to do it with a with a you know four year old easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How old are your kids? Uh, I've just got one. He's one and a half. So okay, okay. Still a bit young <laughs> to be foiling. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it's uh, oh, I love the journey, and he he loves climbing on my board on the beach, but um hasn't gotten uh -huh. out hasn't gotten out in the foil just yet. Yeah, so and I think it's cool to to integrate the family because it's not daddy is going out for foiling having fun you know and then coming back and and mommy to spend time with the kids so it's i love the idea to to go out there together and it's a dream for me one day to be out there with my two boys and my wife on the water having fun all together enjoying a downwinder or something you know yeah. that would be so cool yeah. so yeah that's 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 the plan where i'm working on so yeah. that, that's why i need all the electric boats i need foil drive <laughs> and all the stuff just to make it as easy as possible to get them on foil absolutely i love the dream and and i'm, I'm likewise but i'm a bit like you i don't want to um i want i want them to make their own decisions rather than say come on we're going foiling because that's what i want to do <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's the balancing act, but we'll have to trade notes. Um, you know, as as we learn what works and what doesn't for the to get the youngsters into it. Um, yeah, yeah. 
the next generation. Yeah, okay. So, so you mentioned the foal drivers. Have you been playing around a bit with that um, for in the lakes or like have you been using the foil yeah. drive? Just recently, I, I, I got a foil drive assist plus and I was, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about that to use it for um, getting people into the downwind without the um, stress of pedaling up. And also I will use it for myself, I think for, for runs that I um, I did not before. So just to have a very safe option to go out and go back in again. Um, I think it's a good, 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 good tool in your, in your, um, in your bag to have. Um, yeah. So, but I, I, I just did two sessions. One was in Berlin, just e falling around for three hours, <laughs> catching some, some boat wakes. Uh, yeah. Um, and the second one was on Lake Gara. It was a flat day and I gave it to my wife just for e falling around. Um, and it's incredible. It's, it's so cool because you, I just put it under my normal stuff, you know, and I have an e-fall in my pocket. Yeah. So it's yeah, a nice it's, toy. It's an awesome toy. I've been utilizing it. The um, lucky enough to live close to the Aussie, you know, the, the four drive owners and they hit me up yeah, early yeah. in the piece. And uh, it, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's an e-fall for the gear you have already. And you just, you know, I've, I've used it to teach um, people for, you know, the last two, three years and it's been unbelievable. Um, how have you been mounting it? So you said three hours in Berlin chasing boat wakes. So I assume you had it sort of higher up on the mast for that? Exactly, yeah. It was a carbon mast and the 1201 mm-hmm. for the like first one and a half hour. And then I went to the PNG 3010 and it was on my downwind board. So, and I had the paddle. So it's very efficient to get up, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's it's burning a lot of energy when you use a small board and, you try to get up, but you you still be on plane, uh, not on plane, um, with the board. Then I think it drain a lot of battery. But when you have a long and skinny board, um, yeah, it's super super efficient to get up, and it's you can get up with half throttle. So it's yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it's it's been so cool that I guess the the evolution in board design and and fold design. To be fair, in the last three years, you know, I started teaching on a six six ten by like thirty two wide board for stability. And then I found that mm-hmm. I'm better off using something that's like eight foot by 18, just because, just because you can get people up earlier and you yeah. know, in, in a lake, balance is less of an issue and you can just lie down and, you know, using it as an e-fault. So it's, it's been cool. And it sounds like you've sort of starting to figure all that stuff out and the journey of it all. And nah, very cool. Yeah. I'm happy, happy to see what I, what I would do with the four drive. Now we'll bring it to France and, uh, to, to the ocean and see how it goes in the ocean yeah be uh, it, it, it's super fun the ocean is yeah it's um such an awesome tool i got a few friends who learned to, to learn to downwind without any negative or, or any bad downwind runs using the foil drives that was cool so um you but you've already learned to fold uh for downwind foil um yeah so, so maybe i can i can continue the journey so i was yeah, yeah, in, the, in, the, in the river and yeah. then i noticed uh, next thing i saw on instagram was okay the guys are pumping what what is that pumping so i was like ah okay they okay i can let go of the rope and start to pump you know and then i learned pumping on the on the rope because it was it's it's so good you don't have to swim back you just um float back with the with the flow you know um, then you get up immediately with the with the bungee, and then you can try again pump. So that was a very good learning for me how to learn pump. And then I was able to pump with this incredible big draggy slow foil, 
<laughs> and uh, I learned then I learned dog starting but we don't have dogs so I started on rocks and trees and everything which is laying around in the nature yeah um, but that's super fun I love the sport because now we are doing like uh, enduro races you know trying to get uh, as fast as you can up up uh, on the river but you have to start like from everywhere you know there's not a perfect dog there's just just trees and rocks laying around and you have to pick a good option for you or you pass that option and try to go further up and take the next one so it's a strategic game mm. yeah so i learned uh, pumping and then okay i was like uh, i want to learn that wing stuff um because i'm not a wind i actually i don't like the wind sport so much um but it was for me it was like that this is a like a I don't know, a personal taxi device to bring you everywhere you want. Mm -hmm. um, so I, but I, I don't want to learn here at our spot because on our lakes, when we have wind, it's really bad weather <laughs> and it's really like super gusty. So big waves, um, choppy and not comfortable. And that's not a good, good uh, setup to learn. So I bought all the stuff and went to Cap Verde um to sal in the winter there's warm water is warm everything is nice and i i i learned the wing wing stuff yeah um yeah and and then when i was out with the wing i noticed wow when you turn downwind there is there is like a an energy which is not coming from the wind and um you can tap into that mm -hmm. and that was and there was a guy was very it was very early it was um he was on a subfoil i think they had a already a really high aspect 1000 square centimeters foil and he was surfing all the the the, the wind swells out there and i was like wow this is this is amazing this is great and then uh yeah and then it was for me it was uh, the next step was uh the the downwind sub game and same thing i saw it on instagram i saw I mean, it's every every everything new out there. You can you can see, you know, it's all coming from Hawaii or from you guys. It's you're like the uh, inventors of the scene. Yeah. But then it's easy to to adapt, you know, and because all the information is out there and everyone is sharing it, you know. Yeah. And you can ask them how do you get up. I I tell you how to get up, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it was for me. It was the next thing, and it was like like very in the beginning when I was looking for the for the right board for the river, and there was nothing available here. There was no no wing board, big wing boards available. So same was with the downwind stuff. And I tried to ask everyone, how can I get a decent uh, stand up pedal board for foiling? I think I was asking you as well for the uh, Sunova stuff, mm -hmm. and no one was like I. I there's nothing in Europe. And then I asked Dave Kalama if he can build me one. And he was like, yeah, for sure. No problem. Just wait three months and I, I will send it out to you. And I was like, okay, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, I bought my first, first downwind board. The, the downwind stuff has happened really quickly. And when I first started doing it uh, years ago now, um, I was working with Sonova and they basically said to me, look, there's about 10 of you doing this downwind foiling. <laughs> there's there's not a market for it. While we make a dedicated model when there's 10 of you doing it and you're all like freaks anyway. And and that's what's been so exciting. And, and credit to Dave Klarma, he really opened, like broke down the door, I guess, opened up the 
the the avenues for people to learn and the long skinny boards have really allowed that and um yeah yeah it was also a point for me I, i just wanted to give him the credit you know for it i was seeing okay some some other guys are already coming up with it but i was like he spent so much time in developing so much time in error you know and all the fault and so much money and i was like okay i have to to give him the credit and i was also um interested in the board because i i think it's it's still one of the best boards out there have you ever written one i haven't i haven't written a another barracuda unfortunately really there, um, no it's uh there's only they've only just become available probably in the last three to four months in australia um yeah the factory bots yeah the factory boards and then yeah. the customs they weren't um that they weren't uh, dylan henry from gofall was the only one who had one over here that i knew of um and he's he lives a bit further away from me so it wasn't you know really possible and then covid basically before that like i was in hawaii mm-hmm. all the time and i i was actually doing a lot of downwind floor runs with dave and alex aguera um and um dave wasn't using barracuda style boards back in 2019 i guess it was when when i was over there before so um was it the e3 or what what he was using there? he was on a custom it was you know towards the barracuda but it was probably only six or seven feet mm-hmm. you know and it wasn't you know 18 wasn't under 20 inches wide you know it was mm-hmm. yeah and he, look then he, he wouldn't mind me saying this he, he struggled more than anyone in in the pop-up and getting mm-hmm. going because he's, he's a bigger guy and yeah. he likes to go fast. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I, I remember this one run in Kihei, I was doing loops around him at the start. And come on, Dave, let's go. I wanted to do with him. I didn't want to go and just do a solo run. And then he finally got up. And once he was up, he was just going so fast from the same <laughs> gear. And he was just like motoring. He knows how to go fast, Dave. Um, so, yeah, he knew how to downwind, but it was just the pop-up. And that's that's honestly why I think he's developed such a good board. And he, you know, that plus his goal to do the prone stuff and and open that up and um yeah yeah that's no, cool like i said credit to dave he's he he didn't yeah. invent a long skinny board but he repurposed it for downwind foiling which is which is so cool exactly sort of, yeah. yeah 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 it's um, and it was for me i was i was quite quite surprised when the board came in it was like super lightweight didn't expect that i mean it's a custom it's not the um um the, so the, the you got a white one uh, yeah it was really special yeah, yeah, yeah. looking I, yeah look cool yeah, yeah i asked him to keep it as uh as simple as possible to just for 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 the style i love it when it's like pure you know yeah um and uh it's glass so i was surprised i, I thought it was carbon and it came in and it was glass so very yeah, yeah very hawaiian style board but <laughs> i think it's 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 still I, I got back to it because after it, I was like, okay, now I got this board. And um, it was the same, like, like you talked, uh, like you told me before, all the, I asked all the manufacturers here from, from Germany or from you from Europe. And they're always like, no, it's niche. It's, it's not going to be a, a huge market. It's for, for some, I don't know, for, for who, who wants to do sub on the foil, you know, uh, with paddling. It's like, no, it, it it's not going to be a big, big thing. And um, then I bought the Kalama board and everyone was like, at this time, um, can I take a look? Can you send me some pictures? Can I have the, uh, <laughs> you know, the brands, the brands are asking me for uh, it. Cheeky. Yeah. Yeah. They, they want, they wanted to copy it, you know? Yeah. And then um, 
Yeah, yeah. But but now after the Kalama, I've written like my own shapes. I did with vampire boards, um, and everything is like based on the Kalama stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and also um, writing the axis board now. It's also a custom board, um, which is six ten by eight by nineteen, mm -hmm. uh, a bit shorter. But then I but went back can, to the... Can I ask you what was the dimensions of the Barracuda or is it 5.5 five by 30? <laughs> which which one? The bar the original Barracuda, the one you got from Dave. It's um, 8.0 by 19 and a half. Mm -hmm. So you've gone shorter and it was up to the vampire and the yeah. axis. Yeah, my first vampire was 8.0 by 18.5. It was almost the same uh, dimensions because I want to compare the shape to my Kalama. You mm -hmm. know? And if I if I change too much in dimension, I can't compare the shape and the design of the board and see what works, what what maybe not works. Um, so I tried to keep the first board in the same dims. Um, yeah, but but um, uh, yeah. I, now I went back to the Kalama, and there's still after writing different boards. I'm on the Kalama and there's so much magic inside. It's incredible. It's still the board which feels a bit different from everything else. It's like on on every every um, aspect, it's a bit better. Yeah. So it's really crazy. And I I didn't notice that on the first time because you know I had nothing to compare with it. Yeah. Um. But now after riding different boards and going back, um, it's still one of the easiest board to get up. And it's when when you touch down, it bounces back, but not too much. And you know, it's it's a good, it's it's like a a, a good friend who always says, "Okay, I, I I'm gonna deal with it for you, <laughs> with with your struggle." So it helps a lot for 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 a good board helps a lot for for quick progression for sure. Yeah. What do you put it down to? Um, you know, just just shape, design, volume distribution, or do you put it down to weight or dimensions or what? What do you feel? I think. Yeah, I think in the end it's more about detail, like not not about a big invention an invention like uh, I don't know cutouts or like straight like I think there's a lot of marketing in the in the in the boards right now. Yeah, because you you have to sell a board and you can't sell a board just by telling it's the best. You know, you have to to give some reason um, yeah. some reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think in the end. It, it's dimensions, it's um, details, it's where a rocker line for sure, good rocker line. And yeah, I think it's it's more into the detail. And what I figured out, I've tried to build boards with volume in the nose. Um, the idea was to go shorter with more volume in the nose mm -hmm. um, because I was thinking about a shorter board is better for pumping and better for turning. Um, and my goal was always to, to, to try to get it shorter, but still very easy to get up. And I think this is not the way to go because when I put the, the, uh, the, the volume in the nose on a shorter board, it feels so much longer because there's volume is weight, you know? And, um, so there's a lot of swing weight and there's a lot of uh, volume and weight in the, in, in the nose, even if, if it's not so far, you feel it, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you do a longer and skinnier board with a very thin nose, uh, like the, the very last three is 30 centimeters is just very thin volume. Um, it works so much better for getting up because it's it's longer, but it's still so good to pump and to turn 
uh, because there's not a not a lot of weight in the front. So that's where I go now with my boards, and it's basically what uh, Dave Kalama is doing. They, the boards are very thin in the nose, and the, uh, yeah, and it's yeah. I think that's very good shape. Yeah, it makes sense. It's like you're getting the benefit of uh, the length, but without the the weight being far away from you. You know, it's like the benefit of exactly. waterline, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and if you look at the boards and you see the the I don't know the 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 nose, the thirty centimeters of the nose, there's not a lot of board. <laughs> it's just a very thin and lightweight uh, nose. So you you don't feel that when you're up on foil, but you definitely feel it when you're up when you're riding the board. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. The the, the board evolution we could talk about forever. Um, it's it's been yeah, so cool. Sure. Um, but I want to back up. Let's um let's talk about your your learning to sup foil. And I think that's something yeah. super super interesting to me. I, to, actually, and before we go there, the river foiling. Um, just a quick one. Mass length for the for the river and the bungee because it looks like in some places it was pretty shallow in that river. Obviously, you'd know it pretty well. Um, but what 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 mass length are you running and, and have you ever hit the bottom? Like is that something that happens often? Or? For sure. Every, yeah, for sure. Every every <laughs> single time. So I think the river uh river falling is best for all the brands because you you smash your gear like it's you, you you're gonna you're gonna buy so many falls when you are out there in the river because you're just you're just hitting the, the rocks in the on the ground. Yeah. Um yeah, but so I, I like the 75 mast. And the uh, eighty-two maybe when it's when it's when there's more water, but that's um, I like those. I, I'm I'm trying to be on just one mast length for every discipline, just to get very used into it and just to get the feel when I'm high on foil or low on foil. And you know, um, so I don't like the long masts at all. Even on winging, I'm on the eighty-two or seventy-five, mm -hmm. um, and because I feel I can tap. Uh, um, I can tap into the energy much better because I I can stay high on foil um, without being so high with my uh, with my weight and my view. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the mass I'm using in the river, and then yeah. And then so and then now to the sap foiling stuff. Did you learn to sap foil in the river? And actually, yeah. And, and how did they like? Are you paddling up? In the in the river now on your sap foil where you were used to be bungee foiling i guess bungee river foiling yeah so so my first idea about the sap was not actually for downwinding mm -hmm. um because like i said in the in the early beginning of the, the idea about foiling for me is to do it not just two weeks on vacation on on holiday once a year i want to do it in my daily life so um downwind was not on my horizon so i was thinking about to use a stand-up just to get up everywhere because for me i was looking at it and i was okay that's the perfect match because you know the foils um it's i think it's the only surf sport where you are able to um, move without external energy on the foil you know yeah. just by pumping mm -hmm. and that changed everything like in surfing in winging in every sport um, also just in pump foiling and the only problem was when you land your board uh, you are not able to get up again without external energy so you needed a wing for the wing or you needed like foil drive or electric foil or at least a dock you know and then well, when bungee. i saw the stand-up or bungee yeah that's yeah. right with a river yeah and when 
And when I saw the the stand-up, I was like, okay, that's that's a perfect match. Now we are able to get up without external energy. So that was the reason why I want to get into that. And for me, it was all about flat water start. Um, and that's also why I asked Dave Kalama, which is the best board to flat water start and then to pump. And he was like, okay, take a seven, six. I think that was his first idea um, by 18 or 19. And then I was like, what's with an 8.0? Is it much more easy to get up? And he was like, yeah, it's more easy. And I was like, is it way harder to pump? And he was like, no, it's not way harder. Okay, let's let's take this one. So that was the idea. And then I I, I got the board. I threw it in the, it, it was wintertime. It was November. So pretty cold here. It's like one yeah, I remember seeing the video. Degree. You're in booties and yeah, the full dry yeah, suit. Yeah, in, in, yeah. The, in, in the snow. Yeah, full dry yeah. suit. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was for me. It was perfect because you don't want to swim, you know. You don't yeah. want to be on the bungee because you have to swim. And you, it was again a good match to be on a stand-up paddle and not on a prone board or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went in the in the in the river, but without uh, any uh, any any current or water flow, and just to try it to get up uh, on foil. And um, yeah, I, I got some some good. Uh, good um uh, tutorials from you guys from 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 uh, like your course or uh, other other guys were talking yeah let's do it like this paddle more, paddle more to the front and more straight and you know like remote teaching from the community on instagram yeah um and then i managed to get up and um since i was already uh used to pump it was not hard for me to pump um yeah and it was a good good training good cardio do you think your pumping, like the, your your um, I guess flat water pumping especially, really helped your like ability to paddle up? Because you know we've seen um, uh, what's his name, Plant Positive Films. He he's shown that he can, you know, pump up, and, and you know, Kane DeWild and Jeremy Riggs and Dave Palmer yeah. have done the, the I guess the yeah. paddleless pump up. Um, how much do you think your pumping and and I guess work in flat water and rivers, and winging helped your I guess progression in the sub foiling? So I think pumping helped me a lot because I'm a super bad peddler, or I was, let's say I was. Um, so I pedaled, I don't know, way behind me and just even uh, every every second pump, like with the feet I paddled. So it was horrible, really. You can you can watch my, my first videos, but I was, I was still able to get up on foil and it's incredible. So I think pumping helped a lot and also when you when you don't know how to pump you can maybe paddle up but then you are you don't know what to do then you know yeah, for sure you can't keep going with the pedal it's too hard so i think it helped a lot yeah and also in the, then in the in the in the whole journey uh, in the downwind journey it helped a lot because you just can cover so much mistakes by pumping also in the wing i i wasn't able to to jive at all for for like i don't know a long time i just Put the wing down, pumped around, and put the wing up again. You know, that's a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. pump, pump, pumping helps a lot by uh, just just to be able to move uh, without external energy. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I think the um, I guess the be my basic advice. I guess I think my advice for you is to time your paddle stroke and your pump together because if you could yeah. have that sort of extra speed when you're pushing down and then release with speed as you're lifting up everything becomes easier, you know, pumping at speed yeah. is much easier, essentially. Yeah. So for those listening. And it was for to... me, 
It was super interesting because when you start to pump or to learn how to pump to dog start and to pump a foil, it feels pretty intuitive. You just jump on it and the foil kind of shows you what you need to do. But with pedaling, it's completely different. It feels, when, when you pedal wrong, it feels so heavy and that let you think that's right because you put a lot of energy in the pedal, but you're just wasting energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's when you do it wrong, it feels right. And then, and that, <laughs> that's the worst case, you know? Yeah. yeah so it's... you need someone to explain it to you. It when, when pedal feels easy and light, then you do it right. You know, yeah. there's not a lot of splash. There's not a lot of water and there's, there's not a lot of like muscle stress uh, when you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if people think that if they feel like they're working hard, they're going faster, but it's the opposite. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, when you pedal yeah. behind your feet, it feels like you're 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 doing so so much and you're spending so much energy and let you go fast, but it's it, you, you're just wasting your energy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and from from memory, you, you basically you learned to paddle up in the flat, and then pretty soon after, you you had a holiday to, I think it was Spain. Um, no, it was it was uh, uh, French Brittany. Oh, gotcha. Okay. In winter. Yeah. yeah okay. It was a uh, French foil. He's, he's called, uh, it's Francois. He's uh, the French foil guy and he has a wing wing foil school. But I, I don't know. I think you, you might know him from the back then from the sub races. Yeah. I think I might. Uh, from the stand up races. Yeah. Um, he was a professional or semi professional sub racer, stand up racer. Yeah. Um, and then he opened up a wing foil school. And then he, he's also in the downwind. He's a good mm -hmm. stand up down, stand up foil downwinder um and he was asking me so if you want you can come to me and i show you how to downwind in the ocean <laughs> i was like okay let me let me try to get this out of the water in the flat and when i when i got it out i will come and visit you yeah it's like yeah okay come and then it was uh yeah i i, I went there yeah and and yeah for some reason i thought you went to um was it Ten tenerife um i thought you went down in where where the Anyway, so how was that experience? Your first ocean downwinder after just paddling up in the flat? It was so. This guy was really telling me how to paddle. Like he 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 know how to paddle. We we did some uh, theory stuff. We did some. Uh, so he's a very very good teacher and he's mm -hmm. very skilled. But I wasn't ready. <laughs> so um, I I tried to listen to everything and we went out with his boat. It was a strong day the first day and we just tried in the in the harbor because uh, out there it was just too big for me um and i tried to get up but it was for me it was man it was a different story in the ocean because everything was i i i think i wasn't even able to get up on my knees you know yeah. <laughs> because it was so unstable there and if you if you can't read the bumps and you don't expect what's coming next you you are not able to react to it um so i think in the end he pulled me up with the boat um on my on my big board and then i was able to serve a bit of a few meters of bumps so it was it was good um and also we put the then then i told him okay let's put the big board away and put a tray on it and have some fun and then yeah. we, we we put a small tray on it and yeah it was a toe in uh game yeah. um, but it was fun and it was good for me to have that experience um but it's a different game for sure yeah. um yeah and worth mentioning that there is 
there's there's a lot of gains you can make even if you can't paddle up or you can't stand in the bubbles. But like once you're up on foil in those conditions, you can learn to read yep. the lines. And because like there's two things for the animal foiling: there's getting up, but then they're staying up. And if you can't get up, yep. and the conditions are good, you may as well get your friend to tow you up, and then you can learn the second part. So when you do paddle yep. up in the bumps, you know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that that's and and we went out with the wing, and that was the same we did with the wing, and I think yeah. that's why it was so important for for me to learn the wing because with the wing you can go downwind and learn how to read the bumps and learn how to surf the bumps, um, without the uh, stress and the um the task of paddling up on foil, yeah. um. So it was a good shortcut. Yeah. yeah and after it, I was very um motivated because I I was I I love challenges so was like okay i have to i have to learn this and then i then there was a wind day on our lakes and i started to go downwind there from like very very short uh, runs to longer runs mm -hmm. and um that's super easy actually it's so tell so us much about easier. tell us about the lakes and like what what sort of conditions you had and i guess what sort of fetch you had in the lake um if you want why don't you tell me i'll look it up on google maps and we can have a look at you know what yeah what we were that's a good idea take a look at lake amazea it's called amazea how do i spell that <laughs> a m a m m e r s e e you got it yeah let me open it it's up. new munich Oh, it looks like a good body of water like it's long and yeah but but the wind is coming from um uh from the west oh, bad direction so, <laughs> let me let me share yeah it. exactly but but you see it's like a yeah you can share it so i can yeah yeah you're right um so what you see is you see hashing yeah on the on the right yeah that's where we end our runs. Mm -hmm. So, and the wind is coming straight in in there. But there's mm -hmm. like a little, I would call it uh, like you know, like a um, how do you call it? It's a it's like a tube or like a um, oh, like venturi. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's so, like, a, so like a low point. It funnels between there. Yeah. Exactly. And there's in, in the in the bay, the waves are pretty good. Yeah. Um, so and i was and and it's actually it's a bay run but you don't have yeah that's that's the fetch we have so it's mm -hmm. 5.4 something right mm -hmm. yeah, when i do a run from from there um it's about 8k on four yeah seven to eight k on four um so it's short runs yeah um yeah but the the, the good thing is it's super organized there there is no groundswell there's no backwash there's just one direction you go downwind with the wind and it's everything is so organized so it's super super easy to get up because they are they, i don't know it's it's deep it's, the I, I call them, steep they're not yeah, fast i call them groomers you know it's like everything's yeah. groomed it's everything's clean and organized and it's just um exactly yeah, yeah it's yeah. Uh, and and it's running slow so it matches the board speed so that i think that's the reason why it's so much easier to get up if you have a fast running swell, it's hard to get up because you can't uh, go that fast by pedaling. Yeah. Um, and sometimes 
I, I, I think I have to, to try to get up prone because it's, it's actually pretty easy. So the first runs I did was from, um, maybe you can zoom in a bit. There is yeah. on the, um, yeah, from, yeah, some Waterwall it's called. You see on the left, it's just, yeah. yeah, that, that was the beginning. It's just two kilometers, just pedal out a bit and then, um, like and then... then go in. Exactly. Yeah. Not yeah. so far, but yeah. Yeah. Something like this. And I, yeah. I did it and I went up with the wing again and did it like, I don't know, three to five times a day. Nice. So pedal and... back in, wing what, up. What's so, so what sort of wind strengths are you talking and obviously wind direction, I guess I'm, I'm guessing um southwest is kind of the direction you were you were the, the wind direction is that yeah wind direction is actually coming straight from um from from the opposite side like oh. like it turn, turns in 90 degree yeah but something like this like like you you uh yeah like your so, so is it more like like this yeah yeah gotcha. that's the wind direction so straight westerly but you you but it it's changing like it it could change in one day it can change like ninety degrees so just you yeah it changes all the time yeah so yeah. sometimes we go we, we can go in one direction with the swell and then the wind changes and we can go we can yeah. ride it back because it it completely turned around yeah um, gotcha. yeah so yeah yeah um and now what I'm doing is I start from um, you see the little lines is where the boat goes the ferry yeah. And I always um, drive the ferry back and I take the one which is coming um, uh, in and then I end up in Diesen, which is down there. I go from there or I end up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I take the other boat, I end up in um, uh, Riederau, which is more, yeah, which yeah. is there or yeah. one which is one more up. There's another destination. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So wherever the boat brings me back, I I take I take the run from there. Awesome. Uh, so and that's pretty cool because you you don't need logistics, you know. And you can just, just take your foil up. onto the onto the ferry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's I write it down and yeah, it's it's perfect because you you can do it alone and no shuttle, no no car driving. Yeah. You end up don't don't miss the the, the last boat of the day. Then yeah. you have to battle back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, then it's 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 a cool way to get to get up again. So, so I, I do, I, I'm yeah. assuming that the wind strength is is like upwards of twenty knots when you're doing this. So I start. I go out when it's fifteen knots. Fifteen. Yeah. Then then it works good with the PNG thirty ten. I always use this wing because the first five hundred meters or first two kilometers. It's like flat, you know, there's no yeah. fetch to, there's no water to, to be pushed. Yeah. Um, but I can do the run really short to shore. So the first is just for me cardio game. I just pump out yeah. uh, on the flat with, with some wind in the back. Um, and then it, it's, it's getting better, but that's, that's in the end, I would love to have a, a smaller foil, but I don't want to pump a small foil, um, like for one or two kilometers. Yeah. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. So, so for me, it looks like the longest, like the it's the longest from there. It's just over six kilometers. So I'd assume from probably three or four kilometers on, you'd get pretty good bumps for this last section. But the first yeah. three kilometers would be pretty, pretty light. And the thirteen ten would be, like you said, a bit of a pumping game rather than a you know yeah. Happening. But I love it. Be, it's yeah. nice to have the pumping game. And sometimes, 
when when I'm when I'm when when it fits well, then I take the boat wake for the first kilometers just to surf the boat wake out, yeah. you know, from the passenger boat because it yeah. just dropped me off, and then I turn around and surf surf their wake. Um, but they don't like it so much, so sometimes yeah. I <laughs> I have to 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 take the harder way. Yeah, it's definitely a gray area. The the foiling in the uh, yeah. foiling the wake of boats because you're not towing, but you're yeah, they're probably nervous that you're going to run into them. Um, oh, that's cool. That's that's a really good insight into the the runs you're doing, and I guess how you how you learnt and you know basically you're showing us that we can learn with five kilometers of fetch, you know, and and fifteen yeah. knots. That's actually a bit lighter yeah. than I thought was um not possible, but like worthwhile, I guess, you know, because sometimes it feels like you know on a, on a bad downwind run. When the wind's a bit light in in days, it feels like you're just pumping the whole way. But the fact you're saying that the last stretch kind of stands up and you get that sort of yeah. downwindy sort of yeah. feeling. To, to me, the biggest lesson for those listening is big foil. Don't feel yeah. like you have to use a small foil just because you're downwinding. You've got to match your foil to the speed of the bumps with a short fetch okay. and 15 knots of wind. You need the slowest foil you can get. And um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's also the the thing why all the European manufacturers are now producing really really big and large span foils. Yeah. Because um, they want to give tools to be able to go out, winging or downwinding or sub in in any conditions. You know. Any conditions. And yeah. it's so much easier to get up on a on a big foil. Um, and still, you with with the PNG in these conditions, you have to carve a lot to, because you are still slower than the bump is running. So you can't go on one bump and just keep going with it in the beginning you have to go left right left right all the time just to to keep in the because you're if you go straight you're way way too way too fast to uh so the foil is not not slow enough the stall speed is not slow enough to keep yeah. going with the bumps so you yeah. have to go left right left right but it's fun it's fun yeah that's something that i've um obviously part of code falls now and i'm, I'm pushing um, marcus and, and dan and dan you know the other three owners to like we need a foil that can go slow and slower than foils are going and like everyone's sort of everyone's getting a bit caught up in this speed thing and speed's important mm -hmm. but more important is to be able to foil in more conditions and when i used to just paddle on my stand-up racing downwinding you know a, a good speed like a decent speed for like a light downwinder was like 12 kilometers per hour if you could go 12 kilometers per hour that was good that was a decent that was worthwhile doing a downwind run on the foil like what sort of speeds are you doing on the foil like did you know what sort of um averages you're doing like per kilometer or how, how do you measure it yeah on on the png on a run like this i'm going i don't know i can take a look i think 17 kilometers an hour yeah so that very seems... very slow yeah but but compared to other like every other downwind craft surf skis outrigger canoes um stand it's fast cars, it's super fast yeah so basically yeah, what, what I'm is. saying is if, if we can make a foil that works well for super slow speeds, yeah, then we can have more fun in worse conditions. And that's you know But you but you still need to be able to turn because in especially in the in the in the very uh low conditions, you need to turn all the way to to stay in the in the in the bump, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, that's the balancing act and, and you know the the hardest thing from a you know i'm not designing it it's it's marcus and ben and it's yeah. it's it's um how can you go that slow 
but have the drag not being, you know, debilitating. How do you go so yeah. slow, but then be fast enough that you're not going to just stall out? And that's, I think that's what foil, um, I guess, engineers, this or designers have to work on is, you know, and you've seen um, the beta foil. Do you think there's, there's still a lot of headroom for development in this in this direction or are we are we in the in the very end? Well, I hope there's heaps because um, I, I think like if 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 17 kilometers per hour is the slowest we can go in downwind conditions, that's disappointing because it because it prevents a lot of people from ever doing it. You know, like I've got a lot of a lot of friends who go for a downwind run, and and if they can average 10 k's an hour for their downwind sup run, just sup with a paddle, no foil, they that, that was an awesome run. I average 10, and that's. If if we can get a foil that can average you know ten or maybe twelve or thirteen, then it mm -hmm. means that we're going to be like it just opens it up to more people, and that's that's you know lakes like you could you could go in ten knots in in the same run mm -hmm. and average twelve or thirteen kilometers per hour. And that's going to be super fun. So I think um, yeah. I, I hope we can design foils that can go slower, not just not just faster. Because we already yeah. go faster than anything else. And it just means we need better conditions to go faster. Because it's all about matching your foil to the speed of the conditions on offer. Yeah. yeah. And also, if I could add something to the wish sure. list of designing yeah, foils. Yeah, yeah done. I love the, I call it the dynamic range of the foil. Yes. So from the very slow speed to the high, to the high speed, if you've got a big range, that's the dream foil for me. Because you're yeah. you able to get up um and then but then if you are able to go really with the bumps and be stable and still have enough headroom without throwing you off the foil um so controllable at high speed that's what we want i think the range of low speed and because we have to go up that's the thing you know yeah you have to go up and you you maybe and conditions it's not always constant conditions. So maybe you start with very small, it's the same in Tenerife. I mean, it's a super, super easy run, but you start with different bumps, then you end. And in between, it's completely different games. So it's nice to have one foil, which is able to, um, yeah, to deliver every little, uh, to, to deliver every little uh, piece, you know? For sure, that's that's already been a goal of ours, and I guess Molokai Tuahu with the eight sixty R that I used was exactly that. Yeah, easy flat water start can keep up with the bumps in the middle, and then upwind flat water paddle up at the end, and that's yeah, that's the sort of you know, that's the range. That's that's the goal. You know, if you can have a four that can go, like ideally for this flat water, you know, like lake stuff, ten k's an hour or eight k's an hour, and go all the way up to twenty k's an hour, you've got pretty yeah. much all conditions covered for the one foil. So yeah whereas if you know you need one foil that goes um you know 10 k's an hour another foil that goes 20 and it doesn't do anything in between it's it's no good so it's so what yeah. about quick quick change for the foils and then in the race you can change your foil <laughs> yeah. well you know that's something that we discussed in molokai tuahu ruled it out but um oh really know, yeah you're not allowed to yeah um, unless you have um equipment failure so um mm -hmm. i think it's a good rule because it it, it um, yeah, it forces people to progress. I guess designers to progress the the foils and make it more usable yeah. for everyone. Um, I was think thinking about the B plane when you have a big foil up higher on mast, like you know, like foil drive. 
Yeah, for like pumping. And then when you get higher on mass, you just have the second gear, the small foil, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then no, when I you think... go down, you have you already have the big you, you have the bigger foil again. I think there's something in that. I think there's lots of ways that we can um adjust or, or like tune our foils on the run, so to speak. And uh I honestly think we're just yeah. tip of the iceberg and there's so many things that are that are gonna be coming. But um let, let let's talk about um so this is you know the 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 lake wing upwind and the downwind and actually to talk us about the that the I guess the deflate downwinder how how that went for you. Um, I know you actually you left your wing in one spot. You know, you sort of winged up wind and then left it there and then No, it's the opposite. I drive I, I was driving with the car to the um end point where I exit the run. Yeah. And I put the wing there. Uh-huh. Then I went up, put my car at the starting point because then I had the first um the first run without the wing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more fun. Yeah, it's just sure. a pedal. Yeah. And I pedal down. I took the wing, blew it up, go up again. And um, then some some days I had another wing uh, uh, down there. So I, I could use just one wing and put it in the car and mm-hmm. pedal down, take another wing. But then <laughs> you're running out of wings, you know. <laughs> um, so that's the one thing you can do, or I did. And the other thing I did is just deflate it, put it in a backpack and pedal down. But I'm still, you know, it's wet, then it's heavy and you have a backpack. It's not so much fun. It works and you have to use the small wing. I, I, I go with a four. Um, it's still small enough to pack it in a backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's way more fun without a wing on the back. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm still looking for the for the for the perfect wing um, for deflate downwinders. Very small, very lightweight. Yeah, that would be good. I think. Um, I guess the, the the main thing I guess for the deflate downwind is you still need to be able to sail upwind with the wing, and that's yeah. that that's the. And I've seen um, I think it's a guy called Sam Reynolds over in Hawaii. He's got this like a pocket parachute, and he'll like take mm-hmm. it out of his pocket, and it's poof, and he's got this yeah. Know, but and that's cool, awesome idea. But but it's just for downwind. Only for going downwind, and it doesn't. It's yeah. not strong enough to be able to sail upwind with it. I think um, you would have seen like the trainer kites, you know, like the two meter sort of mm-hmm. little. Or I, maybe mm-hmm. maybe they've got something. Yeah, you know, they'll. You could basically kite foil up, and if the lines are short enough, it'd be easy enough to bring in. Yeah, it'd probably be a mess, you know, to to bring it in, but um. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I still think there's there's more evolution in this side of the sport. And actually, I've spoken to value about you know how can we make this you know how can we push this aspect of the sport more because it's uh, you know I think it's going to become a thing for, for people. It for just sure. makes it makes it easier. You know, if you can make it easier, then you know to do it yeah. self sufficient. And there's something in it. There's something about downwinding without a wing because it's well, frankly, I think it's it's easier. There's less wing management you know um more yeah yeah for sure it's it's so i i I think some some people are no i can't go downwind with the wing um i need to go downwind with the wing first before i go to the pedal and i'm saying no 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 no, take the pedal it's so much easier to go with the pedal than with the wing because you always have that wing in front of you flying around uh blocking your view um it's so much harder with the wing than uh, with the pedal once you're up yeah, once you're up, that's that's the it's, yeah. it's the easiest thing about the wing is you can get up really easy. And with the paddle, it's like yeah. 
if you don't know how to use yeah, the paddle. Yeah, that, but that's what we did in, in Tenerife, and it was a huge uh, boost in progression with the wing sharing because yes. you use the wing for getting up. Yeah. But then you put it away and you're free, you know? Yeah. I saw and that's that. That was kind of best of both worlds. Absolutely. The only problem with that is when you both get better, then. Yeah, one is no just one, carrying the wing. No one wants <laughs> to get stuck with the wing, you know? It's like, ah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's why I why I um uh, why I stopped this because for Joe who is the the local shaper there I was just his wing carrier you know <laughs> just his backup <laughs> because he was he was giving me the wing in the first and then he did the whole run uh, on the downwind with his prone little forty liter board yeah. um, and I was just carrying the wing behind him as a backup <laughs> service so I was like okay next time I take the paddle again thank you Joe yeah 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 you only, you only learn that lesson one yeah it's um. You need to be the same yeah. level, I think, is a trick. And if you're both yeah. learning and you want to learn to, yeah. to downwind foil, then if you were both... But if level... you want to teach someone, maybe if you want to teach someone and you're you're still good for you, if you want to take someone out there just for teaching as a personal coach or something, it's yeah. still a good option. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's um, it's, There's so many good ways to, to do this sport. And uh, there's just, I think, we we, we, we got to look outside the box because there's so many options. Yeah. You know, it's it's cool. Have you ever tried to to e foil up with a foil drive? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, does it work? It does, but um, you've got to have a really good understanding of the battery life, because uh -huh. if your battery runs out when you're out there and you can't get back up, it's very hard to paddle up with a dead battery and the prop on the mast. You know, it's oh yeah. Have you tried it to paddle up? With it? I, 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 that that was in my head to paddle it up without uh, using it, but just have it attached, you know, on the flat, just to 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 know how 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 draggy it is. I think it's possible with a big foil like a thirteen ten, but normally in the ocean here, the thirteen ten is is too much. Yes, yeah, sure. You, you, yeah, it's, for sure. It's more work because you've got to you know peel off and pump across more. So. Um, I think I was using the 1099 or maybe even, no, I think I was using the GL180 when I was using it. Mm -hmm. And um, look, I wasn't going a long way upwind because I was concerned about, you know, the battery life. This was the original fall drive, not the, not the plus. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I was only going like two Ks out and then turning around and, and doing it that way. It was a great way to, to, to learn to get, you know, kilometers in without having a, you know, yeah. paddle upwind or wing upwind. Um, uh, but yeah, to be able to paddle up with the battery and the, and the, the prop on there, I think it'd be, I haven't actually tried it, but I think it'd be tricky. Just there's an extra weight and there's extra drag, but I haven't tried like I recently I and I haven't it. tried with the new boards, you know, the new boards uh -huh. and, and yeah. the, the big falls adding a lot of efficiency. So I think, I think on the big falls, like the 30 and 10, it's possible. Definitely possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it's, um, oh, yeah, unfortunately yeah. we are not, not allowed to use it on the lakes. And the boats, the ferry is just going summertime. So in the wintertime, I need to do it with the wing or something else. So it's good to to look out for, for a solution to get upwind. Yeah, with so are they class like PWC kind of style? Yeah. But yeah, right. Yeah, it's a bummer the way they've you know banned it. But I, I can see why it can get out of hand. If there are 100 of them, it's going to be a problem, you know? Yeah. yeah, but our lakes are, are super restricted. There's you're not allowed to use gas boats and stuff, you know. Um, and I think they're just, and I I see people they're using efoils. They are not going out far on the lake, you know, and just driving around. They are on the shore, 
want to show what they do, how cool they are, you know, and then it's it can be dangerous to be swimming swimming people, boats, everything. So they they don't want to have electric surf devices on the lakes. Yeah. But you can still use your electric um motored boat. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But you don't want to take that out when it's a windy, ugly day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit tricky. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Um, well, do not tell us about your, the, the, I guess, t t from my coaching perspective, when you were uploading videos and were going through them each week, it looked to me like you made your best progress when you were in Tenerife. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain what you did there? Because I remember one question you asked was, you know, what foil should I use? You know, I'm not sure about the conditions and I'm pretty sure, you know, my 1310 is going to be too slow. What, you know, mm -hmm. what was the, what did you, what yeah, were your what findings? It was the idea to join your club before I went to Tenerife, just to get um, yeah the right answers for my questions. And I think we discussed the run, where to go, where to start, where to end. And I had no no um, connection to locals or someone there. So it was good to have um, a bit of advice from your side. Um, and yeah, we discussed, we discussed the foil size. And I brought with me the 3000 PNG. And then I also got the prototype from which is now called the 1201, mm -hmm. um, the Art Pro. That was the two foils I took with me, maybe a 1310, but I didn't use it in the moment. Um, yeah, and I started with the 1300. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I went there, I was on the, on the, it was a flat day when I arrived, oh, nearly flat. But I was so stoked I wanted to, to get out in the ocean and I was just in a bay pedaling around with my six uh, with my eight foot Kalama uh, and the PNG pumping around super little swells. And I was doing that and it was it took seconds and there were guys staying on the beach, like the locals. Okay, come out of the water. What are you doing here? Tell me about this. It's a long board, it's a downwind board, it's a Dave Kalama board. So you know, yeah. it was really easy to get connected to the locals there. And there's a, like a little a uh, little group which is uh, into the downwind. Um, they are very good. Uh, one guy is called Adai, and he's on the lift and small small boards, and he's also coming from the stand-up paddling, so good paddler. And they did the runs with the normal stand-up without a foil, um, and now they are going uh, to the foil. And um, the local shaper, who's called Joe, He's also in that uh, game, so he's he, he he's building long and skinny boards and trying all the different stuff, um, and they were really interesting. What I'm doing there? Why am I coming from a lake with a big board and now trying to downwind there? So, but it was nice, and I got uh, really really nice and warm welcoming, which is so awesome. I mean, I'm I'm in a spot uh, as a tourist, and the locals are coming and say, okay, come with us. I Let's have a beer. I tell you everything. I tell you where to go, where to enter, where to exit, all the stuff. Yeah. And it turned out that they just adopted me and took me out every single day with the car, going up to the harbor, and yeah. And so I, I had the idea to start with small runs. They had a different idea. <laughs> they, they was like, come get in the car, we do the big one. Um, and so we did, um, and I did with the PNG um, 1300. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, I remember it was with Jamie Knox and he was also his first run on a stand-up. Jamie Knox is the guy from um, from Ireland. Yep. Uh, he has a big, big you, you know him maybe? I've heard of him, yeah. He's, 
yeah, yeah. He, he and and he was he was on the stand up uh, for his first time as well, and I've struggled the whole one. It was so hard. I I was able to get up actually on foil, but then just for I don't know, fifteen seconds, thirteen seconds, because it felt the the thirteen hundred felt so rodeo. It was like up and down, and he was it it was trying to throw me off, you know. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't able to keep going with the speed of the bumps so the bumps no way i was just so over foiled um and then i um i was yeah I, I was talking to the guys and they said okay try the smaller foil um and so i did and it was harder to get up i worked more on getting up um but once i was up on foil it was so much easier yeah just to just, and because the it it's it's like the twelve or one, but it it was a bit thinner, so it was really fast forward. I remember my top speed was about I don't know 40, 40 kilometers. Um, yeah, crazy. it was pretty fast for like I don't know ten seconds. I, I think seconds. I think we both tested the same the same foil there yeah. because um, the, it was it the first it, version, not the first, the second. Second, yeah, okay. So that was a little yeah. bit because the first version was super quick. I think it was probably quicker than the 1099 and the second version yeah. was slowed down a touch, but it was still, I guess we probably gave the same feedback is it needs to be slower if we're going to make it. Yeah. If, if it's yeah. going to be a different to the 1300. But it, but it was fun. I had more top speed than Adai on his uh, lift. I think 120. Yeah. 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 On this That's, one. So it yeah. was super fun, but it was actually it was overpowered on that speed. So it was, Oh, for sure. but I was, terrifying. I was, yeah yeah um yeah but the conditions there are super great for learning um i don't know if you, rem you remember the harbor there there's yeah. like a harbor and it's the perfect block for the swell so it's so easy to pedal far out in the wind line um because it's actually it's flat water no wind it's yeah. it's like made for downwind you pedal out there and then you enter the highway and it's big yeah. and it's so much fun and you and there's like super strong wind, so that actually helps you to get up with this with the strong wind. Yeah. And right behind the harbor, the um, the swell or the chop is super steep, but like like compared to the to the lakes. But it's organized because there's not big swell coming in. It's just the wind chop, mm -hmm. and it's super easy to get up there. Yeah. Um, and that's very good. Yeah. And the only um, problem with that is you know you get up easily next to the the harbor and then if you fall off halfway along you're now exactly. in the it's midst of game. the swell and it's like oh i yeah. could get up easily at the start but now i can't yeah so that's yeah. yeah and it's a different game in the middle it's a different game and there are also the the slalom race it is from the it was there from the from the, from the wing uh, uh wind surface and yeah. i trained in the winter time for the slalom and i was there sitting in between of the races next to a buoy and there were like I don't know, 15 or 20 wind surface with 70 kilometers an hour were passing by and I was oh. like trying to get up. I was so scared. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice run. It's a good, it's a good distance. And you um it's it it feels kind of safe because you you really end up uh, in the bay. Um so it's yeah, it's it's a good, good, it was a good, very good training for me. It was the right place for the right for in the in the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think after that, I guess learning to paddle up the that twelve oh one proto. When you came home, did you find did you did you try the twelve oh one in your you know your your lake, the local lake? 
Mm, no, not in in this lake yet because of the beginning of the run. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's flat water pumping. Yeah. Um, and it's it's more fun to be a bit overpowered than underpowered. Sure. You know, if it just match for the for the last five hundred meter, it's not worth it. Not worth it. But what I've I've tried now, I think last week or the week before, I was on Lake Arda. Um, and I was there on the 1201 and it was perfectly matching the conditions. Mm, nice. Um, it was not, it was not, not a big wind. It was like average conditions and it was so much fun, um, on Lake Garda downwinding. It's, I think it's a huge potential for this, for this area is the downwind. Yeah. Um, I was actually, um, chatting to, I don't remember what his name was, but, um, he was in charge of organizing, um, it's an event called, I think it's fo called foil week and it's, it's not mm -hmm. so yeah, much. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, I'd never heard of it. I guess I'm from Australia, so mm -hmm. it explains why. But um, we, he was asking me how he could organize a like a sup foil event. Um, you know, in the morning the wind blows one direction, in the afternoon the wind exactly. blows the other direction. Yeah. And so it's yeah. the perfect location for a you know sh shuttleless downwinder. You know, downwinder one spot, yeah. have, have lunch, have a little stretch out, and then when the wind comes up, back to the car for the afternoon. It's the perfect day out. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's it's um it's like every day like this. So it's it's thermic, so it's because of the, the mountains. Yeah. Because they heat up. So it's perfect uh to organize an event because you have that wind there when when the event is going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and and I was lucky because there was a guy from the um from the surf school. Normally you can pay him fifteen euro to get you out with the wing because when it's offshore for the for the for to learn it's hard to to learn. Uh starting from the shore uh, uh sorry onshore onshore um so he brings you out and then you can uh, learn how to wing out there and you will be blown to to downwind to the land and i paid him the 15 uh, euro to bring me up and he was like where's your wing <laughs> i was like no i, I have a paddle he's <laughs> like no way he gave me the 15 euro back and said okay i will i will bring you out like every every day you want you can just hop on the board and i will bring you out that's so, so i did a lot of a lot of runs and he was like oh wow that's amazing i want to do it can you can you leave your gear here i want to buy it i give you cash <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, yeah the people are still very um impressed by the by the stand-up um falling yeah it, i feel like it's just about to like it, it's it's obviously grown a lot in the last year but it's i honestly think there's a lot more growth in it and it's exciting to yeah. to to see it. And I think especially like in, in Europe, you know, because of the high populations and the high population, like the high number of lakes and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the big foils, the, the new boards, um, these longer skinny boards. It's, uh, yeah. it's, I want to go back to earlier on, you were speaking about, um, you know, your first board was eight foot and now your latest board, mm -hmm. your access board is 610. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so why right. why have you gone shorter? Because that's the one Adrian offered me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He was so, he was telling me I'm building a board for Olivia. I can I can uh, make the same for you if you want. And I was like, sure, why not? So, but now I'm, I I love it for um just for I I love the board because it's smaller. I can put it in my car easily. Um, and it's also good, good in turning and stuff, you know. So I don't know, but when I go out in a on a situation where uh, it's my first run or something, oh, let me. I have to cancel Siri. She's listening to me. So, um, 
So I, I would prefer the longer one just because it's easier to get up. I think when, when I'm now going to um, Brittany um, and doing the ocean runs, I will bring my Kalama for sure. Um, yeah, just to be to be comfortable to get up on smaller foils, you know. Yeah. But with the with the 3010, you can get up with everything, you know. That's, it's super that's what easy I was. To, to that's what I was wondering. I thought, you know, because yeah. especially lake runs, I think they lend themselves to shorter, wider boards because we're using bigger, slower foils, so we don't yeah. have to paddle as fast. But exactly. But but it's easier, still easier on the longer skinny boards. So there's not yeah. really like the only benefit is. Um, you know, it fits in your car essentially. And once you're up on foil, yeah. I think you know. Originally, when Dave came out with his boards, I thought, "Oh, longer skinny, it's going to be really bad for for when the bumps are really close together." But in reality, but we're above the no. border. <laughs> you know, we're above for the sure, border. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't make you any don't difference. run if if you run into the next bump, you're way way too, too far in front of the if, if yeah. yeah too low and and way too far in front of the bump behind you. You know, yeah, it's actually not possible to run into a bump. And, and the other reason, I guess, that, that theory is flawed is I used to paddle 18 footboards in, in lake-style downwind runs, and I didn't feel like the length was a problem. I was faster no. on an 18 footboard yeah. than I was a 14 footboard. So the, the disadvantage of the shorter board that, that I originally you know, thought a reason as to why I didn't want to try it was because it was too much length and not as nice for pumping, and I was going to crash into the bump in front. And I've only ever had that once, and that was on like a 610, and the bumps were super short. Mm -hmm. It was a river uh, running out, and it basically was one 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 reason one point, and I was underfoiled. So you know when you're mm -hmm. too low and you're pumping and the bumps too close mm -hmm. together, you're going faster than the bumps and you're running into the stuff. And that's the one time I found the board was too long. It wasn't even a long mm -hmm. board. It was a 610. I was underfoiled, and the it was a pretty weird setup. So yeah, don't be afraid by going long. I think is the lesson, sure. and yeah. the only advantage that you're gaining. Um, is maybe you can get a uh, a six ten lighter than an eight foot board. That's the only reason. And then once you're up and going, the pumping's a little bit easier. But the paddle up's the hardest thing. And if you can make that paddle yeah. up easier, yeah, and, easier, and I think it's if if you have a board which is really with a thin nose, um, it's not harder to pump. If you have a board with a bulky, a short board with a bulky nose, it's harder to pump than a long board with a thin, thin nose with less weight in the in the front. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Ah, very cool. So um, I can pump. I can pump my my Kalama. I've tried it. I I think it's the it's actually the board which I can pump for the longest time. There you go. Um, more the than your the, tray. <laughs> no, no not, not more but it, it, it was fun i i tried it uh, I, I pumped a lot of time on the on the uh, standard pedal boards um just just these boards and then i switched back to the tray and it was like it felt so twitchy and so so uncomfortable because i got used to the long boards yeah um so it's and it's actually not not bad pumping the long boards it's a different feeling it's more smoothed out more stable more i like the feeling yeah, so it's, it's not a bad it's it's not always go shorter go smaller yeah it's less uh, it's pitch sensitive it's like it's exactly. it's less up down it's like it's sort of smoother and um i i do still think that people should start on as long as they can get like yeah. um up towards nine foot even i think is going to make it even easier and then once you yeah. get to that length i think you should, you know depending on the, the conditions and whatnot i think there is something in going shorter like and I'm, I'm not saying six foot but i'm saying maybe you want to go down to 
to eight foot or you know seven six or seven two because if you can yep. hold up a seven two and it's easy enough, mm-hmm. it is a fraction better than the exact same shape in eight eight six or eight zero is yep. going to be nicer, you know, shorter. So I think learning yep. longer is better, but as you advance your skills, I think there's something in going. I think there's going to be a trend of you know people learning on longer skinnier boards so you know I'm nine foot I think is not going to be uncommon and I think we're going to see people who have currently on eight foot boards um, that are proficient and good at it move down into the seven foot range I think there's a magic mm-hmm. number somewhere in between there but yeah um, yeah more beginner boards in the nine foot range and more adv- advanced boards in the seven foot range is is kind of and I think I it's also what you're looking for and where you're coming from. When you're coming from the surf, you want a small board, you know? Yeah. And when you want to turn as hard as you can on a downwind, um, like like you do on the surf, um, then you want a small board for sure. But yeah, when you just want to go with the flow, you know, or just, or if you want to race and overtake bumps and just, or want to be the fastest up on foil paddling, um, like then you go for a longer board. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So I think there's going to be, be there's there's going to be these two disciplines that kind of grow out of this. You know, at the moment we're all just downwind falling, but there's already guys that are trying to go as fast as they can, and there's guys that mm-hmm. are just trying to surf as hard as they can. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, no right or wrong, but it's it's. So we will have race downwind in future, surf downwind in future. Maybe it's different disciplines in downwind. Yeah, I, I hope the yeah the surf downwind thing catches on. It's just so much harder to organize. You know, harder to measure yeah. because the race is easy. Start here, finish yeah. there. Winner is yeah. the first across the line. Surf downwind, yeah. it's just a bit harder to to figure yeah. out, I guess. Um, hey, I'll, I got the question from from yeah. a follower um, who asked uh, who who asked me if I can ask you this question. Mm-hmm. It was like maybe it's a good point to to uh, pick it up. Um, he was asking, where do you see the future of downwinding? But not like tomorrow, like in ten years or in fifteen years. So very far is it? Will it be the thing, or will it? Where will it be? I think it's going to be bigger. That's I got no question about that. But I, I hope, like we spoke about earlier, that there's going to be slower foils developed, so that we can downwind foil in more locations. Um, at the moment, you know, Hawaii, you know, uh, Tenerife. Um, there's Lake Garda. There's these spots that are, you know always windy and of course those locations are always going to have a high population of you know downwind foils or you know wind wind sport people um i personally hope that there's more lakes with a you know three four five kilometer fetch that people are downwind foiling in because um i don't know it's just untapped untapped potential you know Mm -hmm. all you need is a little little tiny bump and foils Mm -hmm. we know are so efficient at at tapping into that energy. Um, I don't see it becoming crowded, so to speak, in 10 years' time. Um, I see it becoming more crowded than what it is, but the beauty of downwind falling is, you know, you and I can be in the exact same bump next to each other. And mm-hmm. then in 10 seconds, we can be hundreds of metres apart because you go right, I go left, and all of a sudden we're going the same, yeah. the same speed away from each other. Um, the other thing is if... If it's too crowded because you've just left in a group, you can just sit down and wait for that group to go. And then you've got your ocean to you or the, the, the water to yourself straight away. So I don't see the crowds being an issue. 
I think surf falling is going to be get going to become crowded, and we're going to lose yeah, a bit of. Yeah, I think so. It's just it's a finite resource. Even though the waves are worse that we foil in, there's just more. There's more. Mm-hmm. It's an easier thing to do, um, I guess. Yeah, and there's less space for it. Um, the coastline, I guess, whereas the downwind foil out to sea. Uh, but yeah, like like we said, there'll be surf foiling, there'll be race foiling. Unfortunately, I'm worried the race foiling is going to become a straight up and over, you know, just like mm-hmm. pumping over yeah, the bumps yeah, yeah. because we're going to long boards, little yeah. boats, just yeah. fast pumping over it, overtake it, and it's a cardio game. Yeah. Like like back in the in the stand up days, right? In the flat water stand up days. That's what I'm worried about. I think that's going to become a thing, and I think races like Molokai to who actually need are important that you have varied conditions because you you can't. I guess you you know you can't use the fastest foil. The fastest foil is not going to win. Like I, I could, I had three foils that I could have used that mm-hmm. were faster than the foil I chose. And mm-hmm. they could go way faster. But the problem is because mm-hmm. they were going way faster, I have to work way harder. I didn't want to work that yeah. hard. And I wasn't fit enough to work as hard as I could have to do my best with the smaller foil. I'm worried as the sport progresses, people are going to be fit enough to use that smaller yeah. foil. And yeah. they're going to be pumping across the entire channel. And that's yeah, that's just part of sport. I think that's it's going to happen. And that's where I think the surf down in foiling, you know, Maybe there's a limitation on the size fall you can use or the speed the fall that you use go, you know, there's maybe that's going to be a thing. But yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think, yeah, yeah we're at the beginning of this and wait, kind of five years in to me, I've been downwind falling since like 2017, 2018 kind of time frame, well, no, 2017. And it's, um, it stayed more or less the same. The, the boards mm-hmm. have changed, the falls have gotten slightly faster, but we're talking like, I don't know, what have we, like a good run back in the day was if you could average 20 Ks an hour. And now mm-hmm. a good run is like 30 Ks an hour. So it's doubled mm-hmm. almost, you know, 50% quicker. Um, I think we'll keep getting quicker. I think the boards will, they'll get more efficient. And I worry that we're just going to be going up and over bumps. Um, but the more endurance races like Molokai to Oahu, I think it's going to prevent that. But yeah, it's, it's yeah interesting. But yeah, I think the big one is the lakes. I think the, the less renowned, yeah. Yeah. The, the less well-renowned wind sports, wind spots are going to become better for the downwind stuff. And maybe it's an it's an opportunity for for all the schools because you have to provide infrastructure to do it. You know, I, I was talking with the guy and he was like, and we were thinking about to you have to shuttle people. You know, and you 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 you're, you're saying it's not crowded on the water, but um, you have to go up again. So he has a boat and he can carry up like five people, but and he's, he's interesting in offer it because you just go up with the board and you can offer tickets, you know? Mm. Um, so, but how many people can you get up there with a boat? It's like, if I'm, I'm thinking about it, like, uh, like the skiing here in the Alps. So Ooh. maybe some, some days you will have a lift or like a bus shuttle with all the boards. And I don't know. So, you know, but it, just, it's just interesting you because that. you don't, just when you said that, I was thinking, like, wh- why couldn't you have like a T bar, like, like like a cable park, so to speak? Yeah. And if you had a prevailing wind, yeah. you could literally, you know, grab onto the T bar, and that it could take you back up to the top of the run. On, on a foil, yeah. it's not so bad foiling up wind because it's not yeah. bouncy. We're on, we're above it. Yeah. So and maybe not a ten k run, but then you you just have two k's and you have fun all the time. It's like a like skiing, you know, in a park. 
Yeah. Like, or like yeah. going downhill with a bike. And I think the infrastructure could be nice to make a business out of it. Because what are you doing now? You, you, everyone has his own gear. You go in the water, you enter the water. And who do you own money by? I don't know. By, by there, there's nothing. You know, it's free yeah. on the lakes. Yeah, it's free, yeah. But it could be for, for, the, for the schools or for, for everyone who's, who is there. Um, and I also see, in the, especially in the, in the, in the foil uh, industry now, everyone brings his own gear. Even if I have um, 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 students who want to learn foil and they are completely equipped with foil, mm. with wing, with boards, with everything. Um, yeah. So I think it's not, a, it's not, it's not made for rent. Uh, you don't rent boards, like maybe e-foils, you know, go out, have fun with e-foil one hour, pay, I don't know, hundred euros for it, having yeah. fun. But uh, the, no, the average person owns his own gear like completely from foil to wing i wonder if that's a surfing you know thing that's infiltrated the, the foiling space because like if i go to the mountain for like the snow i'll hire a board and as you know that's yeah. that's not uncommon like most people hire their gear but for, yeah, for sure like if i was to go across if i was to go to hawaii there's not really like you're not you're not going to hire a surfboard yeah but, but I'm wondering so, because foiling is super expensive. So if you if you if you buy everything before you know if it's fun for you, I mean it's a it's a huge commitment. You pay thousands of euro, and you've never done it. So yeah. that's what pe most people do here. They just buy uh, all the stuff and uh, yeah, starting right. starting with with his own gear. Yeah, I actually see that a lot in my coaching too. A lot of people say, "Oh, I want to sign up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up." an online course once i have my own equipment and i'm like just just wait because there's advice on equipment in the course and you know yeah. you can spend a lot of money um buying the wrong equipment and then it's hard to move the wrong equipment too so it's yeah i think hiring stuff is that could be the future of it too you know you know yeah. the infrastructure around it and having um equipment that's yeah i think yeah foiling gear is pretty pretty strong you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I teach with, I teach, always have my own, like, uh, you know, fleet of demo gear that I, that I teach with. And, um, mm -hmm. but always people want to bring their own stuff. And it's like, yeah, bring it. But if it's not right, we'll use my stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. It's a, it's a good question. Um, someone asked me about the bungee and, and what the, what the product was called. So, um, is there a specific bungee cable you're using? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we do now. We do our own. Our own. Um, we've started with a product which is called Banshee Bungee, mm -hmm. and it was made for. Um, I think they they made it for skating or snowboarding in town. You know, like back in the eighties or nineties. Um, and this was pretty good, but not exactly what we wanted. And I've played around with different strengths different lengths um all the all the all the different values and i figured out what works best and it's um yeah now we are producing our own and i always have to do 10 to make the factory uh, produce it so i i sell nine and keep one for me and mm -hmm. the bungee lasts for like one year or two years in our conditions but we use it like every day yeah uh, or every second day um so i have to to rebuild it uh, after a time yeah but uh, you get a lot of hour of it 
out of yeah. it. Yeah. And now, it was it was pretty interesting. In first we thought, okay, we have to 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 get it longer, to be faster, or whatever. But when when it's too long, you can't turn anymore. Um, then you have no no pull in the turns. Mm -hmm. um, and when it's too short, it just wraps you around. Uh, it it always uh, it's it's too hard to to carve smooth. Mm -hmm. And so now we have we have the the perfect length. Um, and then we extend the banshee by a static rope to get the right angle. So you have to be in a like 45 degree or something or 30 degree angle mm -hmm. um, to make it work perfectly. You can change that static um, to to the um, to the width of your river. So if you if you have a wider river, um, you use a longer static uh, rope, um, but the banshee is always the same. Yeah. What, what kind of flow do you need? Like how fast does the river have to be moving for it to work? That's the most question I got. <laughs> um, I always tell the people, if you take your board with the foil and you hold it in the water and not by stepping up on it, just holding it. And when the flow lifts your foil, then you're good to go. Yeah. If, it, if, it, if it's not uh, strong enough to lift your foil or lift your board, um, then, then it's too slow. But uh, it's actually not that much that you need. It's, it's a very, and it's, it's good because if it gets too, uh, um, too big, it's very dangerous. Because when you fall in, you, you will be, um, you, you will be far away and have to climb out. So it's, and, and it's important to find a good, good spot where we live it's like perfect you it's it's not dangerous you can walk out on the right and the left side um there are no rocks coming behind you um so it's very important to check if if you've got the right spot to to go out to enter and exit out of the water very easily mm. yeah yeah ah, cool and i guess that's also the reason i guess the more important to have bigger foils you know because the bigger the, the slower the foil lifts the the more uh, I guess rivers yeah, you can use yeah. for the yeah. for the bungee. We could go in the river. We, we have we have bigger conditions in the river, and I could go there with a I don't know eight nine nine or something and have fun. But it's not fun when you fall in. You have to walk up a few kilometers because it's you you're gonna uh, you're gonna push down so fast, um, and it's not not easy and not um, it's it's too too uh, too dangerous, dangerous to go yeah. in. There. Makes yeah. sense. So that. Better, better take big foils on slow conditions um, than small foils on dangerous conditions. Yeah, yeah, and and something like I haven't done a lot of is is river, you know, any, any sort of river stuff because we don't have any, or we don't mm -hmm. have many, you know, rivers around here in Sydney that um flow that fast. But um, it's uh, it's dangerous, you know. Rivers like waves, they break and then they stop, and then they yeah. break and then yeah. they stop. Whereas rivers are just constant. So yeah, those that are listening, take rivers seriously because if you get stuck under yeah. a log, you, you, you're yeah. done. Yeah, it's very difficult to get out of there. So so we never use a leash because it's just dangerous in the river. Yeah, no leash. Um, and it's also when someone wants to try it, there like there's one one. Um, you have to make sure that when you let go the bungee, um, it doesn't flip on top of the bridge because you don't want to hurt people Walking on the by. bridge. So make yeah. sure you have a, yeah, exactly. You have a, uh, how do you call it? Is it a, um, a level, leveler? No, no, <laughs> the, where people put their hand on the, you know? Oh, like a spotter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and um, so it's important to to make sure you are you are very very safe and all, all other people are safe. Also, don't grab the rope before the handle. Because then when you extend the bungee and you let go the rope, the handle comes from behind you. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. handle is behind you and it, it can hurt your head or something. Yeah. So just grab the, the hand, not, uh, the, the, the handle, nothing else. So yeah, a few things that you have to keep in mind um, when you go out there, but then it's safe. So I, I spent, I don't know how many hours there and there was not a single moment where, where it was uh, like danger. Yeah. That sounds so cool. I, I want to um, I'd actually really like to to try that. And I think there are a few locations, definitely on the east coast, like near nearby where I live, that we could make it work. But um, I will send you a I will send you a rope, a bungee rope. Yeah, it'd be cool to play around with. I think uh, we we we'd figure something out. I reckon it'd be cool to to see what we can. Yeah, it's we, fun. We got the tides, the tides move, mm -hmm. and we got like a, a lagoon nearby that, um, if you get the tides right, there's a there's a pretty good flow. Um, yeah. And I think with yeah, so foil. one guy on on the on the on the buoy, there was like a, a super big buoy in the in the ocean, and yeah. he attached a bungee to it and was surfing the um, uh, the tides when they go in and out in the yeah. middle of the ocean, and it was looking like what is he doing there? Yeah. But then if you fall in, you have to I don't know, you have to paddle or whatever, so it's not not easy to walk up again. Yeah, it, you'd you'd almost want the wing in your backpack, you know, if there was wind. You know, yeah. somehow get back up wind, but I guess it's not wind; yeah. it's current, which is, which is tricky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this. But I was awesome. thinking maybe in the in the river it will be, and now I'm I'm pumping a lot in the river, just starting with the rope and then pumping a lot. And you see in the river, it's like there are like bumps or something. Oh, and yeah. I was I'm always wondering if it's possible to surf these bumps some some days. I mean, it's super turbulent. It's super um, usually shallow too. Yeah, it's shallow. It's unorganized. It's quick. Everything is so quick. But maybe on a different spot, I just see my spot. But on a different spot, maybe it's it's possible to. It's like downwinding. It's almost like bumps on the downwind. But yeah. you are not going with the bumps. You stay on the bumps. So maybe uh, when foils are getting. Uh, better or different or the spot uh, if i find the right spot could be able to could be the next to, frontier to... you know the next the next yeah new thing i know um yeah maybe you know there's there's guys on the on the kayaks and, and the, even sup just yeah you know, like that they'll surf you know river waves um and yeah. surfers they surf river waves um yeah here yeah, next 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 to us is eisbach in munich it's uh, yeah most favorite for favorite river surf has anyone tried the foil at that spot? It's Can not. It's yeah. I I know a guy who's who's trying to find a spot to foil there, but um, ice bath is not possible because it's too. I think it's uh it's it's too big, but in uh, behind it it's too there are rocks and it's shallow. Yeah. So if you fall once, your equipment will be smashed. Yeah. It's possible, but so, it's it's a disposable foil setup. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to be so high on foil because it's shallow. Yeah, you know? and high and, on foil uh, and turbulent water is tricky. Yeah, and behind you are rocks, so yeah. you got you just get one chance, and no one wants to <laughs> wants to try it. I think yeah. but it should be fun. It should be. It, super would, cool. it could be. It could be super fun. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I want to wrap up. Um, but do you want to leave listeners with anything in particular? You got any? Um, I have one question opened. Okay. Uh, maybe you can answer to it. So people are wondering, and especially me, same same on me. 
Um, maybe you can tell us about the business behind James Casey. Because I'm wondering, you know, I'm I have my so normal normal people have their their, their job and uh, they do foiling as a as a hobby. Yeah. Um, but you do it yeah, like you, you do it for profession and where's the money coming from? Um and who is gonna pay for Maui? <laughs> <laughs> I pay for Maui. No, um I, you know, I've got sponsors. So Sonova is mm -hmm. is my biggest sponsor at the moment and, and mm -hmm. we have the you know the Casey boards. Um so I get like a like a commission, I guess, out of out of those boards and the, the wing, the prone, the sup the, the sup foil boards and the sup surfboards. So that's that's one way. Um I I used to work as a meteorologist. So I was um mm -hmm. I was working in an office. Um I was only casual because I was um doing the sup racing and uh And and then a friend of mine asked me to start coaching him for stand up paddle racing, and mm -hmm. I started doing that when I was traveling. And basically, I found and then more and more people asked me to for, to help me out with that sort of stuff. Um, so I created like an online platform where I would send people training programs, and um, basically just sort of check in was, with them. Was it the K, uh, the Casey Club? Or was well, it that's that's what it's evolved friend? into. So it, it didn't start okay. as that. It cool. was just it was just kind of organically. It was just me um, teaching people who wanted to get better at sub racing. It was more fitness, you know, than than skill mm -hmm. stuff. And then during COVID, I I created a look. But then I was doing that. I was teaching stand up like one on ones and then sort of group lessons every now and then um, when I was home. But then I was traveling doing sub races. And then COVID came, and I I thought, okay, I've learned all this stuff. How to teach. Sup. So I wrote like an online course, which was the beginning of the Coach Casey Club. And then I was foiling heaps as well. And there wasn't many people foiling at the time. So my cats not worth doing a foiling course. Six months later, COVID, more and more people foiling because more time, more money, staying at home. Um, so I wrote a foil course and that was the beginning of the Coach Casey Club. Um, and basically now that's kind of my full-time job, the Coach Casey Club. Um, and then sponsors, you know, my deals with, you know, Sonova with the Casey boards and, and now Code Falls, which is taking up more time than anything else, actually. Um, yeah. Code Falls has taken up more time than most stuff, but it's, you know, we're starting out um, and it's certainly not paying us yet, but it's the beginning of it. You know, you've got to spend a bit of money to, to start to make money and, you know, that business side of things. But yeah, basically just the coaching stuff at the moment, the, the coaching, which I'm super lucky. I do like, probably three or four private lessons a week and I've got the online courses and I've got sort of, um, I guess, sort of like the Coach Casey Club, I've got like a premium version of that. So it's like one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. calls. So I talk back Tuesday, but with just one person, we go through all their questions, all their videos. And um, so yeah, that's that's the business model, so to speak, at the moment. And I feel super fortunate that I get to, um, like you said, how do I make foiling my job? And it's just it's it's happened um through but how how is it is it i i think it's sometimes hard for you to keep uh, the stoke you know for the if if you are with it's it's same for me i'm i'm running a, 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 a media production company and i was i was thinking about to make this company to make my own films because i was i was doing my own films and i was thinking okay let's do a company and then can do more films But that stopped me from making my own films, you know. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's uh, maybe hard uh, for you to keep motivated to go in the water and train yourself 
when you're so um, deep into that with a business idea as well. So to keep the same balance between business and between uh, the stoke, you know? Yeah, look, it is it is tricky. Um, but I think just foiling is so fun that it, it doesn't really, it hasn't happened yet. Um, <laughs> you know, basically, um, there's definitely days, like people think I foil all the time, like seven days a week I'm foiling. And that's, that's certainly not the case. I look after my son every Wednesday and Thursday and I don't go on the mm-hmm. water most Wednesdays and Thursdays. And that's, I'm cool with that. Like I'm not worried about missing out on two days because I've got five other days to go on the water. Today, um, I didn't go on the water. I was just playing with my son in the backyard. We went for a walk, checked out the ocean. Didn't look didn't look bad, didn't look super good. So I was like, oh, I'll go out tomorrow. So it's um, it's it's a balancing act. But I think goal setting is really important. And, you know, setting goals like Molokai to Oahu, setting goals. I'm currently training for a, for a race over in Western Australia. And I want to try to do mm-hmm. another, you know, um, you know, big, you know, endurance downwind foil event and, and um or effort and stuff like that. The new record? Will it yeah. be the new record? Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure you if want... I can beat Olivia's, you know, she she snatched it. You want to have it back? <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's it's just like setting goals is really important and it gets it keeps you motivated uh-huh. for me. And look, there's plenty of competition out there. I'm a competitive guy. So it's um that keeps me hungry but there's definitely days right. that I'm not motivated to go in the water and it's like, yeah, but it's sort of more because I'm happy, you know, hanging out with my son and my family, which is just as important or yeah. more important than anything. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. For sure. I agree. It's finding the balance and that's, that's the trick, you know, it's uh, cool. it's been a good, it's been a good, you know, like I said, I'm very fortunate, very lucky to live the life I do, but, um, I've worked hard to get where I am and mm-hmm. taken choices that um, aren't the norm. You know, I, I could have mm-hmm. stayed in my office job and, you know, could have, you know, a, a good life, but I took a few risks. I did this, I did that, traveled to events to try to get results, get sponsors that would help me sort of build the brand and create partnerships and relationships and, um, yeah, got to the point that I'm at now. Um, you know, uh, so nice. luckiest guy in the world. You know, <laughs> I feel like sounds like sounds like you made it. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I, I feel like I've made it, and that's all that matters. You know, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks for asking. Um, yeah. So, what do you want to leave us with? Like, what, what, what do you want to leave people that are listening? You know, to the the case you catch up and. <laughs> Any advice? Okay, so yeah, the advice is when there is enough wind to go winging, you can go downwinding. Good one. Yeah, that's yeah. actually one or two more questions I just thought of. One. Um, okay, my, I'm, I'm running out of battery, so okay, 90% battery on my MacBook. Okay. It was super quick. First one, winging. Do you think winging was worth the sidetrack to learn to downwind? Yes, yes. Yeah, cool, good one. And then the second because, one because I was able to 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 surf bumps, um, and then just go back up and do it again, or just for seconds. So it it's it's a huge, it's it helps so much. Yes. Yeah, good. And then the second one was, in the river, is it easier to get up with the flow, or against the flow? Paddling. Yeah. With the flow. 
also pumping. Uh, no, sorry, against the flow. Against the flow. Against the flow. Also okay. pumping is easier. Yeah. yeah. Because you you have you don't have that ground speed. So you have no wind. Even if you go 20 kilometers an hour pumping or like 15 kilometers, you have wind. The I don't know how, how you call it face, like when yeah. you drive a car. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, even if it's if there's no wind, you still have wind you moving, you know, and you're moving against uh, something. And when you when you pump in the current, you are much slower ground speed uh, when you pump against the flow. So that's why it's easier to get up um, and easier to pump. Gotcha. So I I found and I, look I've literally no you know, like I said not much river stuff, but I found there was drag on the board when you were going. Um, against the flow but there was lift on the foil and so I found it almost depends on what foil you're using obviously um, but if mm -hmm. the drag on your board going against the flow was higher than the lift on your foil then it'd be easy going the other way because there's less drag mm -hmm. but interesting I'm, I'm yeah. gonna, uh, but when you when you pump or you paddle with the flow um, then you're so fucking fast <laughs> yeah and it's it's incredible if you watch watch the people on the side you're moving so fast because the, the river is is flowing with i don't know how many kilometers and then you add your pumping speed and it's it's super fast yeah so it's pretty it looks pretty amazing yeah it does yeah yeah ah cool cool well i actually i'll be curious to see if you did like a test on like a smaller foil if that was the same going um against the flow with a big board like your sup if you climb a board with yeah. like a 899 going into it versus uh -huh. okay like, you know the foil you can only just paddle up i think um, yeah i just i just got the new rt um pro the smaller ones the 12 uh, the, the 12 for one i have the 11 and then the 10 yeah um so i will try how to get up uh, on the smaller ones and yeah i will i will try to tune in the foils so i'm curious to see if i can get up yeah i think you, you'll smash it Oh, thanks so much for your time, Luke. This has been actually really fun to chat to you. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you. It was a dream for me to be in your show. <laughs> yeah. And I can check market. Yeah, bucket list. Done. <laughs> uh, thanks, Matt. Cool. Next guess. goal is to meet you uh, in real person, live, yeah. on a race or some, oh, somewhere. Actually, <laughs> speaking of races, are you doing the France, the open French race? The... Yeah, I will go there, but I'm not a competitive guy, and I I promise you, I will not overtake a single bump. I will just have my fun and do do the yeah the carving stuff, and you know, yeah. just I go there to to meet the persons, to meet the people, to to see the community. Yeah. A day is coming from Tenerife to see. It's nice. It's such a small community, and uh, I want to be there, but not for competition, just for having fun. So are you are you not entered in the race? You're just going to yeah, I'm I'm entered, but I yeah, just to get the infrastructure. <laughs> okay, so, so we yeah. need to create a surf foil division, surf downwind foil yeah. division. I think it's quick. Yeah. I think the king of yeah. the cutback. We need to put that into place. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Lucas. Good, good one. Thanks cool. for the time. Thank you so much. See you.